0: Alright, we are continuing our study uh, on the Lord's Prayer. And uh, what we're doing is we're going through bits and pieces of the Lord's Prayer step by step and breaking it down so that we can get the right concepts and ideas into our hearts, into our heads, so we can know how to pray. Because remember, the disciples had asked Jesus to teach us how to pray, not what to pray, not just to repeat the Lord's Prayer, although we do that, and that's fine to do, but that's not really what it's about. This is He's giving an outline. This is how you should approach prayer. So that's why it's important for us to take a look at it so we can know when we pray what are the main elements that we should hit. Hit on. And all of the main elements you should hit on in your prayer time are in the Lord's Prayer. And uh, we left off at Matthew, the 6th chapter, verse 10. We're still there. It says, Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So we're continuing to talk about having this attitude of doing the will of God. Now, uh, I, I want to go to Psalm 32 and... Uh, Take a look at, at, at Psalm 32 in verse 8 as really the foundation of this part of, of the Lord's Prayer that I want to talk about, knowing the will of God. It says this, he says, I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. Do you catch that? I will instruct you, I will teach you where you should go, how you should go. I will counsel you, I will watch over you. And he tells them this, Do not be like the horse or the mule which have no understanding, but must be controlled by bit and bridle, or they will not come to you. The horses, the mules, they don't know where they're going. I don't know. I don't know. Where am I going? Uh, all right. Uh, all right. Uh, stop. Uh, back up. Uh. Okay? We're not supposed to be like that. Are you catching this? Now, tonight I want to talk about what I believe is a lot of really bad teaching in the body of Christ, the church at large, about this whole idea of knowing the will of God. It is, I believe, at at best shaky, and at worst, blatantly false teaching about how to know the will of God. And the teaching basically is this. No matter what it is, ask God to tell you what to do. So you'll know the will of God. No matter what the circumstance, no matter what the challenge, no matter what area in the church to get plugged into, no matter what area of your life whatsoever, ask God to tell you what to do. Now it sounds very spiritual, the problem is I believe it is a false premise. And I'll explain it to you. Now one can barely ask a question of someone in the church without hearing the response, well I need to ask God what to do. Somehow we've gotten this notion that God is most glorified when we, his children, wait on him for instruction for every detail of our lives. I believe, however, this is not to the glory of the kingdom of God. This is to the shame of the kingdom of God. I have a son who's 28 years old. When he was a little boy, I used to have to, you know, help take care of him and make sure he put on his clothes and, and, and be careful to go potty so he didn't poop his pants and I had to constantly, you know let's watch it, let's watch. did you go potty did you, did you wash your face, did you wash your, what was the last time you washed your hands, come on, wash your hands now, do this. now don't go there, go over here, Don't you can't wear that wear this, ok now, when he was a child this was fine this was great but I promise you If I still had to follow my son Philip around at 28 years of age, I say, Philip, get out of bed now. Okay, now wash your hands. Did you go potty, Philip? Did you didn't poop your pants, did you? Let me check. (laughs) This would not be to my glory. This would be a shame to me, a humiliation to me as a father. The idea or the concept. That we need to have God tell us every little thing what to do is ludicrous. And millions and millions and millions of believers in Jesus Christ today are frozen in a state of inaction and confusion because they're waiting for God to tell them what to do next. And they do nothing. Because they've been taught this is the way to approach it. I think it's wrong. He says here, don't be like the horse or the mule, which must be controlled by bit and bridle. Okay, now, Marky, come here. Okay, now, Marky, come over here. All right, now stop. Okay, now turn around. Woo! Very good, Marky. me up He says, don't be like that. But yet I hear people who praise that attitude. You know, well, uh, you know, God told me to do this, and then God told me to do that, and I was going to go here, and God said, well, don't go here, go over here, and then I thought I'd go over here, and then I told God, God, why are you doing this? And God said to me, blah, 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 and I said to God, well, God, why blah, 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 and God said to me, blah, 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 blah. (laughs) Now, honestly, I believe God speaks to people, okay? Nobody leave here and say, Mark doesn't believe God speaks to people. I believe God speaks to people. What I don't believe is God is constantly speaking to everybody about every little puke and detail of their lives. And when people start telling me that God said this and I had this and this, I very much get the impression that people get the idea that every thought that enters their brain is the voice of God. Are you hearing me? Boy, you guys are like a bunch of Presbyterians out there tonight. God speaks to people in specific ways but I want you to understand something I believe it is the exception not the rule if you are waiting for God to speak to you and tell you what to do with your life you may very well end up doing little to nothing and you won't be able to point a finger at him at the end about it And we'll talk more about this. We've gotten so used to this idea of God told me. God told me this. God told me that. You know, of course, we as Christians, we use God told me as the Christian way to tell people to shut up. You know, if anybody challenges our idea, we go, well, God told me. Well, how do you argue with that? God told him. You know, I, I don't care. You tell me that doesn't mean Jack to me. I'm serious. God's a big boy. He can take care of himself. You come up with some revelation out of who knows where and try to, and it's anti biblical, but you try to pan it off as God told me. I don't stop at that. I will challenge you. Truth can stand some challenge. Somebody say, amen. amen. People are so afraid of individual divine revelations. Consider, as an example, a sermon I heard not very long ago. Now, this guy was preaching, he was the leader of a particular denomination which shall remain nameless. His entire message was as we've heard for years and decades in the church about listening to God for the details of your lives. Listen, and one of his texts was Chronicles the 20th chapter. And he got up there and said, now how many of you remember the story when the Lord told Jehoshaphat to put the singers at the front of the army and to praise him as they went into battle? How many of you remember the Lord telling him that story? Any of you? what well, 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 he couldn't have because he never told him. God never told him that. Here this guy's preaching. He's the leader of this. Development. I'm thinking, what in the world is he smoking up there? We've got so into this thinking that we teach stuff that's not even true. And here's the quote, Second Chronicles 20. After consulting the people, Jehoshaphat appointed men to sing to the Lord. God never told him to do it. Not at all. (gasps) Why would he do that? Because these guys didn't think in those terms. Sometimes God would speak to them, yes, and they needed to obey. But not everything had to be by direct revelation from God. Study the scriptures, read your Bible. Take a look. You will be amazed at how many wonderful things men and women did as acts of faith without God telling them to do it first. If the Bible's replete with it, full of it, everywhere you look. David and Goliath. God never told David to do that. Didn't say a word to him. Every day the army of the Philistines would come up and they'd stand on a hill and the army of the Israelites would get up and stand on the other hill and they'd holler at each other. How long did this go? Like for a month or a couple of months? I don't know. What kind of battle is this? Every day we get like oh! All right, that's lunch. You know, that's... I don't know what they thought they were accomplishing. Morning after morning, they'd get up just holler at each other. Oh, 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 oh. And then this big yo mama dude from the Philistines would come out, Goliath. And he'd taunt them. They'd nah, 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 nah. say, come on, just mano e mano you send your toughest guy and I'll take him on and whoever wins that'll be considered a, yeah 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 and he had the Israelites scared to death David comes along he takes over he says who's who, what, is, what is this what's the yelling what's, what's this thing who's that big fat guy <laughs> read the story his brother got mad at him what are you doing here you little twit get out of here David says, man, what did I do to you? He says, I can take this guy. I can take this guy. He goes to the king. I can take this guy. And he did. Won a great battle. Eventually became king of Israel. God never told him to do it. Samson. God anointed him powerfully to do incredible things. Not one time does it ever say God told him to do any of it. Ruth doesn't tell him God spoke to Ruth to follow her mother in law or whatever back to the. Yet she becomes part of the genealogy of Christ. Esther. She saves the entire nation of Israel from slaughter. Not one time did God tell her to do any of it. In fact, Esther, I believe, is the only book in the Bible where the word God is never mentioned one time. Not once. Isn't that weird? She did that. Well, well, why would she do that? How could she do that? How could she do that? But we seem to focus on just every time we see God speak to someone. We make a really big deal. And it's cool. That is cool. And God will speak to you. But you can't freeze and do nothing because God hasn't spoken to you. So if God doesn't, hasn't told us exactly what to do, the question is, then how do we know what to do? Back in in Psalms, he says, I'll instruct you, I'll teach you. See, what you're supposed to do is you're supposed to take the principles laid out in God's word, and then using wisdom, you are to make a decision. Did you follow that? You take the principles of God's word, and then you make a decision. Let me give an example. Marriage. Kind of a big decision in life, right? Do you know the Bible never says anywhere to pray and ask God who you should marry? I guess he didn't want to be blamed. (laughs) I didn't tell you. Paul simply lays out biblical principles. The Bible lays out scriptural principles. And then told everybody, you decide you never hear this taught do you ever hear this taught anywhere the bible is so clear about this principle number one first corinthians seven two he says since there's so much immorality each man should have his own wife and each woman should have her own husband okay alright principle one principle two now to the unmarried and the widows I say this it's good for them to stay unmarried as I am but if they cannot control themselves they should marry For it is better to marry than to burn with passion. Okay? So principle number one. You avoid sexual immorality by having your sexual needs met in marriage. That's one principle. Number two. If you are burning with passion. If you feel motivated. (laughs) There's another word. I won't use it. But if you feel really motivated. All the time. Then... (laughs) (laughs) Then you should get married. Don't look at me like that. This is the Bible. You know what he's trying to say? (laughs) If you're a motivated kind of guy, you need to get married. I am highly motivated. Is my wife here? (laughs) Good. She's not. All right. She won't throw anything at me. Principle number three. Are you pledged to a woman? Don't seek to be released. Are you free from a commitment? Don't look for a wife. That's his opinion. Basically what he's saying is, just be content. If you're not married, stay that way. If you're married, stay that way. But, he goes on, if you do marry, you have not sinned. Well, thank you, Paul. This guy wasn't real warm and fuzzy on the whole marriage thing. If a virgin marriage, she has not sinned. Well, I guess they haven't sinned. But those who marry will face many troubles in this life. And I want to spare you this. You don't hear that verse read at weddings very often. You know, we just kind of downplay that old gig, you know. Principle number four. Do not be yoked together with unbelievers. For what does righteousness and wickedness have in common? Or what fellowship can light have with darkness? The principle is a Christian and a non-Christian should not be connected. All right? If you're a Christian, you have no business dating and marrying a non-Christian. It's a biblical principle. Principle number five. He says, I would like you to be free from concern. An unmarried man is concerned about the Lord's affair, how he can please the Lord. But a married man is concerned about the affairs of this world, how he can please his wife. And there's a whole bunch of stuff, just pros and cons, pros and cons. This is a good, there's this, there's this, and then there's that. And then there's this, and this, and that. He basically leaves it up to you. But see, we don't like that. People hate making decisions. Here's another one. Giving. 2 Corinthians chapter 9 he writes this he says each man should give what he has decided in his heart not reluctantly or under compulsion for God loves a cheerful giver that's what we always clap around here when we take the offering cheerful alright well how much should I give? he never says how much you should give? Yet, interestingly, when it comes to a special offering or something Virtually every church in America Virtually every pastor in America Virtually everybody I've ever heard Says, let's pray and ask the Lord what He wants you to give Why are we doing this? Because we've gotten so much of this into our heads That we have to ask God about everything that we do And we think this brings glory to God It does not bring glory to God And we are now being like the, the horse and the mule And we think this is spiritual, this is wonderful, when God says specifically, don't be like this. So, well, then, how how do you know what you're supposed to give? Because you look at the, the principle of the previous verse. He says this Whoever sows sparingly will get jack squat, whoever shows generously will be greatly blessed. Different translation. There's the principle. You give a little you get you get Jack. You give a lot you get blessed. Decide. Decide. This brings glory to God when people of their own free will choose to do the will of God, choose to advance the will of God, choose to get inv- involved in the kingdom of God of their own free will. God is not glorified by having a bunch of robots waiting for input. <laughs> but yeah, we've taught this but I'm afraid I'm afraid I might make the wrong decision there's the rub that's what this is all about look at this parable a very familiar parable Matthew 25 says Jesus said again the kingdom of heaven will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his property to them to one he gave five talents of money to another two talents to another one talent each according to his ability then he went on his journey the man who received the five talents went at once and put his money to work and gained five more so also the one with two talents gained two more but the one who had received the one talent went off and dug a hole in the ground and hid his master's money he hit it. He hit it. As you read the rest of the parable, the, the, the master comes along and he sees the one guy took five. He says, "Great job! Here's some more." Saw the guy with two did something with it. Great! What's the guy with one? He says, What'd you do? Well, I was afraid. I was, I was afraid. I, I didn't want to make a mistake. I, I didn't know what to do. I, you know, I didn't, I didn't want to miss God. I didn't, you know, I hid it under here. Look, here it is. You can still have it. It's connected to a wire, though. <laughs> out loud Yeah what seems to be glorified in the church the modern day church of Jesus Christ today is the last guy The first guys they got their instructions and he said just go do it and they went and did it The last one I'm not sure Well what if I put it here and Oh I don't I don't know Here's the bottom line God leaves most of the, this is going to be a shocker to you some of you guys watching me on TV are freaked out even hearing this you don't hear this taught very often here's the bottom line most of the decisions in your life God will leave up to you now that doesn't mean what you choose doesn't matter because what you choose does matter greatly in fact you'll give an account someday for the decisions you've made and see that's the kicker that's really the deal You know what it is? We're afraid. And nobody wants to be responsible for their own lives. And we think, if I just do what God told me to do, then then I don't have to be responsible, see? We sit around waiting for visions and dreams and... you like... TV antennas, you know, waiting for something. And if we don't hear anything, we don't do anything. I know people who've been involved in churches for years and years and years, and you ask them, Are you involved in ministry in the church? Well, no, I'm not. Well, why not? Well, I'm just waiting for God to tell me what to do. You tell me that, I will just have a fit. <laughs> so don't wait for God to tell you what to do. Bible says we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ that each one may receive what is due him for the things done while in the body whether good and bad Romans 2 says God will give to each person according to what he has done now let me ask you this question if everything we are to do is directed by the Lord how is it that some will receive greater rewards than others after all we're just doing what we're told why would one have a tenfold return and the other one have a fivefold return and the other guy got nothing if it's all just a matter of just doing what God said to do I mean, if if, if 20 years ago, I gave somebody $1,000 and said, Here, put this money in Microsoft, and I want you to put this money in Enron. And then I come back today, and I'm rich because this guy did this. And if I praised him and then hollered at him, that makes no sense. It makes no sense. The reason why there was an accounting in that parable at the end is because he gave it to them. It was up. To them to do something with what they were given. And that's why there's an accounting. That's why there's the judgment seat of Christ. But if we're all just supposed to do every little thing God says, then how can there be a judgment? Well, well, I guess we're just judged on whether or not we did it. No, 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 no. God wants you to choose and to choose wisely. He said, Well, what if I don't know what to do? Then the Bible says this ask God for wisdom. James says, if any of you lack wisdom, he should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given him. God says pray for wisdom, but we don't want to pray for wisdom, we want detailed instructions from heaven. We don't want wisdom, we don't want wisdom to make a decision. Now stop and think of this. Number one, not only are we fearful, number two, we are incomprehensibly lazy. Because if you take into the common thinking that God just tells everybody what to do, why really work that hard at getting to know God? Why really study the Bible? I don't need to study the Bible. God will tell me what to do. God will tell me. If I'm right, then how much pressure is there on you to learn the Bible? to take God's principles you can't make decisions you can't get involved you don't know what to do with your life if you never look at the Bible and don't get any of these principles in you but see version number one fosters laziness and we like laziness because we're Americans and we're all lazy people drive through easy everything instant everything man you know I stand from a microwave and it takes a minute and a half I'm like whoa come on already Well, that's fine with a cup of coffee, but it doesn't work in the kingdom of God. The reason to pray, the reason to seek God, the reason to be in services like this, the reason to listen to the instruction of the word of God, the reason to read the Bible, the reason is to get God's principles into your life and then to ask wisdom and based on these principles, make the right choices. And this is what brings glory to God. Well, does God ever have specific plans for us? Well, yeah. But you got to choose. If God has a specific plan, He'll tell you. He'll say, "It's His will. It's His will." I am a boss of people. I have over authority over people. If I desire them to do something, I don't just sit in my office hoping that they'll come and discover what it is I want. <laughs> them what I want. Why? Because it's my will. Don't do this. Do this. For the love of heaven, stop that. Okay? But a lot of times I don't say anything. I trust these people to do their deals. But it's God's will. It's his will. He has a way of speaking to people. It might be audibly, it might be a thought in your heart, it might be, who knows what it is. When it's God has specific things, He's a big boy, He knows how to get His specific will across to you. So, well, I don't hear that much. Well, that's because that's more the exception than the rule. But everybody's trying to make the rule the exception. They don't want to make their own decision, they want specific divine revelation for everything. I have to choose what I'm going to do with my life. There's lots of things I could do with my life I could be in business today But you know I look at my life and I say You know this, this isn't really Going to advance God's I, I feel I can make a bigger difference in the kingdom of God If I'm involved in ministry People often say man it's so great That God spoke to you To, to come to this church or to do that Or God spoke to you to start this marriage ministry God, God I gotta tell you He, he hasn't He has I had to break that to you I didn't hear, Mark, go to Green Bay. I promise you that would be easier. What's, what's hard about that? Where is the faith involved in just doing what you clearly know God wants you to do? That's easy. What's hard is when you're not quite sure. No, nope, no, nope, no, nope, bad, bad. You're stepping out in faith. Trusting God asking for wisdom God make your path clear to me and at times God will speak and God will direct actually I felt God really put it on my heart to come back here you know at long. but I didn't hear a voice specifically about this the reason I started doing marriage ministry is because nobody else in the church wanted to do it people always ask me how did you? How did God speak to you well I was in a staff meeting one day the pastor said anyone who want to deal with couples nobody raised their hands I went I guess I will that was the start to my glorious ministry (laughs) I I, I think I can do this I think I have the gifts and talents and abilities to do this why would God hide his will from you it just doesn't make any sense and I know what I'm saying to you is, (laughs) is a little freaky because you don't hear what I'm saying very often but here's an analogy this is what it's like I believe today, and why the kingdom of God is hurting. It would be like if the apostle Peter would have had a cell phone. And when Jesus brought the apostles together and said, I want you to go out, I want you to go uh, into different cities, I want you to preach the gospel, I want you to heal the sick, you know, preach the gospel, raise it dead, do whatever, and then, you know, if somebody doesn't accept you, just kick off the dust of your feet, and then I want you to come back. Alright? That's what he told them to do, and then they just went out and did it. But if Peter would have had a cell phone and thought like us, he'd have gotten to the edge of town maybe he was with James they were two by two and they're going and all of a sudden they come to a fork in the road and James says well let this go this way." And Peter goes no no wait 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 we don't want to make a mistake Jesus yeah it's yes, Peter yeah look uh, I told you just, you told us to go okay but, but there's this road and, and there's this fork oh, we can go left or right what, what should we do you don't care just, just pick one Okay. Okay. He just said, pick one. Okay. Let's go right. All right. So we go, and now they get to the top of the hill, and there's three cities. One says, "Wait! Wait! Wait! Wait!" <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. Yes, Peter. Look. Uh, we went to the right, and there's three cities here. Uh, we don't. Which, which one should we go go to? You don't. You don't care. <laughs> just, just pick one. Yeah, well, we didn't want to make a mistake. Oh, okay. Okay. Bye. He said, just to pick one. Okay, so we go, let's go to the city. So they go to the city and, and then there's these sick people They come and this guy's got a broken leg and this guy's got a cold and this guy's got a fever. Who are we going to pray for? Wait, wait, wait! Jesus? Yes, Peter. Look, I, told, I know you told us to pray for people but I got a broken leg. I got a cold and a fever. What do I do? Which, which one should I pray for first? You, you don't care. Just just pick one. OK, OK, great. All right. Let's, 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 let's go for the leg here. OK, we'll, we'll pray for that. All right. All right, now we need to go to another city. Which one do we go to? I don't know. Wait, 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 wait. Operator? Yeah, I'm looking for Jesus. What do you mean? He turned his phone off? Oh, he left a message. Okay, hey, he left a message. Okay, great. Okay, okay. Wait, 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 wait. All right, what is it? Just pick one. <laughs> Don't be like the horse and the mule that's got to be pulled around. He said, I will teach you. I will instruct you. I will put my principles inside of you, which means you've got to get them in there. You've got to open up. Holding your Bible, sleeping on top of your Bible will do you no good. You've got to read it. You've got to get it in you. You've got to grow in your faith. Get these principles. Pray for wisdom. And then start making decisions, decisions for which you will someday have to give an account for. Make the best decisions you can that will advance the kingdom of God. If it's a not important decision, I honestly don't think God cares if you use Sprint or MCI. I don't think he cares. I don't think he cares if you work at McDonald's or Burger King. Just big one. But people, they don't get jobs. What are you doing? Oh, well, I'm just waiting for God to tell me where to work. Don't get involved in church. What are you doing? Oh, I'm just waiting for God to tell me what to do. Well, have you shared your faith with anybody? No, why not? Well, God never told me to you're hiding you're hiding that one thing and you think it's cool and someday you think well Lord I was careful here's the one thing you know what Jesus said he says you take that from what that guy and throw him outside that's what it says the other guys entered the kingdom the one who sat around fearful not wanting to have to be responsible for anything this is the guy who produced nothing, who did nothing with his life. Don't be like that. Let's be mature men. When we say, honestly, pastor, I'm not. I'm so confused. Then come ask for advice. Come ask for wisdom. That's why we're here. We will pray with you. We'll, seek, we'll, we'll give you wisdom. We'll give you advice. We'll look at the scriptures together with you. Look at your options. If you're really frozen. But don't sit back thinking just because you haven't heard some divine revelation. This gets you off the hook from not getting involved in the kingdom of God. For not making decisions for not choosing a life and options before you that will somehow advance eternity and bless your life and your family's life, all of these things. Y'all still love me? <laughs> Mad. I'm saying, uh, I should have stayed home. <laughs> Let's bow our heads in a word of prayer. I went a little long, but I get passionate about this. This this really drives me crazy, as you can tell. Lord, help us to not be like a bunch of horses and mules that got to be strapped and pulled all over kingdom come. Help us to get the word of God in us, to get spiritual principles in us. Help us to start stepping out and doing something with what you gave us. Give us wisdom. And Lord, in those specific situations, we know we can trust you. You will speak to us. You will make your will known to us. We can trust you in that because you care for us. Thank you that we can know you. As every head's bowed, every eye's closed, maybe you're here tonight. (laughs) You really think I'm crazy. But, But, you know, maybe you've never ever truly took the first step of faith. You've never asked Jesus Christ into your life. And what I'm talking about makes no sense to you at all. But you would really like to have this relationship with this loving God who cares about you, who wants to empower you, to give you the wisdom and the knowledge to make something great out of your life. It all starts by asking Jesus Christ into your heart and surrendering your life to him. If you'd like to do that, I want you to pray this prayer with us. I want everybody to pray this prayer together. If you'll mean this from the bottom of your heart, Jesus will come into you and give you a new start. Let's pray this. Heavenly Father, I surrender to you this evening. Your kingdom come. Your will be done in my life. I freely choose Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. Come into my heart. Forgive me of my sins. And help me to learn your ways. Amen. Praise God. If that's the first time you ever prayed a prayer like that. You can look up. If that's the first time you ever prayed a prayer like that. I got this great little book written by my brother, Ed, who will be here Sunday. And he'll also be here next Wednesday night as well because I'm going to be on vacation with Deb. Uh, but uh, it's a great little book called Getting Started in Your New Life with Jesus. If you stop at the guest services counter right out here and just say, hey, I'd like a copy of that free book. Well, I'd love to give it to you. Uh, it'll ask, answer questions that you might have about faith and getting to know God. and Some of the basic first step principles, That kind of stuff I was talking about tonight. Be sure to stop by and do that. Let's all stand together. Lord, we thank you that you love us. We thank you that you care for us. Help us, Lord, to walk in faith and to be doers of the word. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. Amen. Have a great night. God bless you guys.